welcome to Menopause Morph, your time to change. We're here to help you thrive through your menopause, bringing you experts in many fields to help you from perimenopause to menopause and beyond to become the strong, vibrant woman nature intended you to be. Hosted by Pauline McCarthy of the Pearls of Pauline. Pearls of wisdom, compassion, and joy. Hello, welcome to this week's edition of Menopause Morph, your time to change. And today, ladies, it's time for me to change. Yes. Sometimes we do too much for people and then they take advantage of you. Sometimes we do too much and then they don't grow themselves. And this is one of my faults. I tend to help people too much. And then some people maybe just don't grow up (laughs) and other people think, wow, she's so good that I'll see how far she can go, see how much I can take from her. So I've had some really, in the last month I've had three very dreadful situations where I was taken advantage of very much and it hurts, it hurts very much. And of course there is evil in the world and there is misunderstanding in the world, but there is a lot of love in the world and hopefully you and I ladies are some of the ones who are spreading the love. But I think often we get to, you know, we've been looking after our family and our husbands and society all our lives that we forget that we have to put the oxygen mask on ourselves first. And maybe the mothering instinct becomes too much, too strong. I was told we had a, a friend from America recently and we were talking about this, how there are certain types of women who get taken advantage of all the time. And instead of thinking enough is enough, we just, it's almost like we're putting a welcome mat on our forehead saying, Come and walk all over me. If you're one of these ladies, please write to me and hopefully we can help each other through this. So I want to tell you of the three incidents that have really broken my heart in the last month. I do a lot of work to help immigrants or people, potential immigrants, come to live in Iceland. So there was one couple who, the deal that I had made with them was if they came, you know, they were asking me, of course, to come. I said, okay. If you come, I will help you get your social security number and help you get a job, help you get accommodation. And in return, what I need from you, I wanted the girl to to do my, my paperwork. I'm really, I really hate paperwork. So it's not very heavy work, but it's just really mind-numbingly boring. You know? So she was happy to do that. And then the guy was meant to help my husband finish off building the apartment we were building for our son. But it turned out that um, then he decided he was going to go to Germany, so... The apartment was there, so we said to them, well, we can rent you this apartment when it's ready. So they were very excited about that because we were renting it about uh, one third less than the the market, the going market rate for an apartment that size. So according to what I understood, every day she would say, well, I'm going to my room and I'm going to work on, on these accounts. But it ended up she wasn't. And for three months work, she had done one month accounts. And what happened was one day I came home and they said, well, we're off, bye. And it was like, what? <laughs> Just suddenly like this. And then, so I was talking to her and they didn't tell me where they were going to live. And I asked them on Facebook, you know, we need to work out when you're going to finish off doing these accounts. And she said, I don't owe you anything. You, you know, you've nothing in writing. You, um, It's just your opinion. And they had lived with us for three months rent free, food free, while they were working, you know, I was such a sap, you know, I was more inter- more interested in getting this paperwork done than 
they actually, they actually lived with us for five months. The first two months it was fine. She was doing the work and he was helping my husband. But then when they, I helped them to get two part-time jobs, so they had, they both worked the same jobs in the morning, cleaning some hotels and guest houses. And then later on in the afternoon, they had a job cleaning a fish factory, both of them together at the same time. I worked out that they must have saved about 1.4 million krona, which is a lot of money. <laughs> Maybe perhaps even more, because I don't know how much their salary was. But if that was the minimum salary, that's what they would get. But they were working nights in the fish factory, so maybe they got more. But anyway, the, the point is that they completely, completely took advantage of us because we had made an arrangement that once they started working, they had very few hours to work with us, that when they eventually left and were in the apartment, then they would continue to do the accounts. And the, the, the guy, he d- did nothing uh, I asked them to do some housework, but nothing. And and I was too I was too busy with what I was doing. And then maybe I don't like confrontation, so I was avoiding it. But then I I spoke with the girl and said, okay, maybe we do it that when when you leave and you're in your own place, then you continue to do the account. Yeah, yeah, no problem. So when it came to that, I said to her, okay, we need to sit down and t- talk about when you'll come to do this. And she said, I don't know you anything. It's like, <sighs> so that was that really really hurt. It really hurt it's because I had. Treated them like my own children. And then we had an Italian couple that we were helping to do the same thing with. And they were... <laughs> the biggest problem was their English was so bad. They could do... And I don't know if their parents had ever taught them how to clean or, or do anything. But they, they could do nothing. They said they were photographers. But they couldn't even clean a bathroom. One day I asked them about five or six times to clean this bathroom. The Both of them. They were in there for five hours. The two of them. So it's like 10 hours and still was, they had washed the shower walls only halfway down. I mean, you have to laugh. I mean, it's nuts. The top part, I actually showed them, you know, like, you do this with a scouring on one side and you do it on the scouring on the other side. See, now you can see through it. Like, that's really clean compared to all the rest. Please do that with all of it. So I only did the top half. <laughs> oh, at least I've got my sense, still got my sense of humour. You know. Anyway. The problem with them was they had given up. Even though I had found the guy a job and found that they were then going to take the accommodation for this apartment, which was the cheapest they would ever get anywhere. And he said, no, um, well, I'm not going to take the job because we can't survive on one salary alone. And I went, well, you have to start somewhere, you know, and we can still do the same arrangement. You, you come and, you know, if the girl's not working, you're working. She can come and help me do the housework. No, 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 no. They, they, they wanted to be photographers. You know, like they were twenty and twenty-one. And it's like you have to start at the bottom of the rung. Anyway, you can lead a horse to water, but you cannot make it drink. So they were given every opportunity to have a really wonderful life in Iceland, but they rejected. They said they had been offered a job in Germany, which turned out not to be a job offer at all. And even before we cancelled all their applications in Iceland. I said to them three times, are you absolutely sure you want to cancel this? Yes, yes. But it turned out that he actually had got his Kenitawa and hadn't even opened the envelope. Because on the day when they left, they left some things behind him. There was this envelope. And it was from this office saying that he had got his Kenitawa. So everything was set up. And so they decided that they would leave and go back to Italy. So I had made arrangements with them for my son to take them to the airport. They were going to take the bus from Akronis to Reykjavik and then he would pick them up in Reykjavik and take them to the airport. So they would leave Akranes about 10 o'clock at night to get into Reykjavik at 11. He would pick them up and they would get to the airport about midnight. 
So they were very happy because their plane was leaving at 3.40 in the morning. There was another option was I had to make a delivery to the airport that morning, but I had to be there for 11 o'clock. So I said, if you want, and yeah, and so the deal was if my son was going to take them, they would pay my son 5,000 krona for taking them in the in the bus. And already, before that, I had said to them, maybe I would take them at midnight and then they would pay me this 5,000 that they would use on the coach. But then a few minutes later, I got this order for the airport, which meant I had to be there 11 o'clock in the morning. So I said to them, it's too much for me to go twice to the airport, one and a half hours there and one and a half hours back. Then I would be home. And then I had to do some things in Reykjavik, so I'd maybe get home at four o'clock. And then I'd have to go again at night, three-hour journey. I said, it's too much for me. So then we agreed that they would take the bus and my son would pick them up there. And I phoned him. He agreed to do that. Wasn't very happy, but he agreed to do it. Very good boy. So after I come back from the airport, they were counting out some small coins and I was changing them to bigger coins. This was the money they were going to give to the bus from Akron So I said to the girl, OK, so it's 880 krona each to Reykjavik. And then from Reykjavik, you'll give my son 5,000 to take you to the airport. And she said, oh, no, 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 no. You said it was just 5,000 krona. And, 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 but now we have to pay our bus. So it has to be less. And I went, wait a minute. If you were going by yourself without us helping you, you would have to pay the 5,000 krona on the coach. No, no, it's too much. You, you, no, you're asking too much. You have to give us a discount. I went, what? I said, so you're willing to pay a coach company this money, but you're not willing to pay us who have helped you now for three months. And she was quite upset. And, and so I calmed her down. And before that, I, I had picked up some candy in Reykjavik and I had asked them to help me take it from the van into the office because it was freezing cold outside. It was deep snow. And if it's the, if it's left in the van for any length of time, then it will freeze and it will it will be ruined. So this is why they were going to help me after they had counted these coins. So I'm waiting and waiting, and after about twenty minutes, they never came back. So I go downstairs and I said, "Like, are you ready? We need to take the stuff out of the cold." And he says to me, "No, we have decided to go now." What? I was like, I, I was speechless. I, I mean, I just it just didn't make sense to me at all. And I said, okay, I have to go. And I had to take this. And it was heavy because it was like 10 kilo boxes. And, you know, I've got arthritis and my son wasn't there to help me. <sighs> so we take it into the office. And by the time I come back, they were gone. And they had they had caught the next bus. And to me, this just didn't make sense. So I wrote to them on Facebook and I said, um, I- I'm sorry I wasn't here to say goodbye to you. But I just don't understand your thinking that you're you're willing to pay the money to go by yourselves on the coach and put yourself through all this extra hassle rather than paying my son the same amount of money. I said, I really just don't understand it. I wish you would explain it, what your thinking is. Of course, they never replied. What I had planned for them was that I would put them on the coach, he would pick them up, help them with their luggage on, onto his van, and then he would deliver them at the airport. But what they chose to do was take the earlier bus, then they would have to change from another bus to go into the centre of Reykjavik to where the coach station was. They'd have to take all their luggage through the snow. And by this time I had discovered from my husband that by the time they went to the end of the garden, one of the wheels had come off their biggest piece of luggage. So it must have been really difficult for them dragging all this stuff through the snow. Then when they got into Reykjavik, they had another about 300 metres through the snow with all their luggage to the coach station where they would have to wait for three and a half hours for the next coach to the airport. That left at 9.30. They would get to the airport for 10.30. Then they had to wait from 10.30 to 3.40 on the aeroplane. Instead of staying at home, relaxing, 
leaving at 10, getting to the airport for midnight. You know, you can lead a horse to water, but you cannot make it drink. When I see a pattern like this, you know, I'm trying to help people. And of course, this young couple, they weren't stabbing me in the back. They were stabbing themselves in the back. (laughs) But it's like, I wonder, like, I mean, we live in a crazy world. Okay, we all know this. We live in a crazy world. You just need to look at the politics of the world today. It's like, what on earth is happening to the world? And then you see it on a like an individual basis like this. And it makes you think, oh, I, I really... And so I just said, that's it. I'm never, I'm never going to help anyone else again. Until a couple of days later, my husband says to me, Pauline, there's this friend of mine on Facebook and he's losing his apartment. Somebody's bought it. You know, he's been renting it for some years and somebody's bought it. So he needs to leave and he's having a difficulty finding another place. We knew that there was a possibility if they didn't find anywhere in the next week. I said, okay. I've taken many immigrants into my house. It's, now, if you want to bring this guy in, fair enough. So he didn't really know this guy very well. He just They were both had been in the car business together. So not together, but, you know, they knew each other because they, they were working with cars for many years. But he didn't know his the woman that was with him. We thought they were a couple, but the, uh, what we found out later was that they used to be a couple and now they just live together to share rent. So they phone my husband at 11.30 at night saying, oh, we're really desperate, we need to be out tonight and we know where to go and can we take you up on your offer? So by 12.30 they come to the house and my dog is going crazy, barking like crazy. Now she gets, she barks when people come through excitement, but this was not excitement, this was, I don't know, anger or scaredness or whatever, but the dog was really, really upset. And I had to get out of my bed and go down and calm the dog down. And I, I saw the guy welcomed them to the house and my husband took them down the stairs, showed them the room. Now we had American visitors visiting then and they told me the next morning that they never got any sleep because this woman was cleaning the house all night and making a noise. So the next morning I went down to say hello to my American friend and I smelled cigarette smoke. And I, we had said to him, absolutely no cigarettes in the house, no smoking. If you need to smoke, go outside. So I opened the door and the guy was there and I said, you were told cigarettes are not allowed. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I forgot, I forgot. It's okay, I won't, don't, won't do it again. So then he had to go out to Porkernest to do something. And she was alone in the house. And but So about a few hours later, the American friend comes up the stairs and he says, I think they're smoking again, I can smell it really strongly. So I knock on her door. No, I send my husband down to knock on the door and he said, she's not opening the door. Now, she'd been up all night cleaning, so I thought maybe she's she's sleeping. And I said, did you not really hurt? He said, yes. I said, well, okay, let me try. So I go down and I knock on the door and I'm calling her name. And then she opens the door. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm tired. I was up all night. And I said, you're smoking again. Smoking is completely banned. She says, oh, I was doing it out the window. And we found all the, like, seven or eight butts outside the window in the garden later on. I said to her, no, smoking is completely banned. If you want to smoke, you smoke outside. And then I saw that she had moved all the furniture around. And I wasn't there when they went down, but if I had been there, I would have said to them, absolutely do not move any furniture at all because my son is autistic and this would really freak him out. So that night, she got upset that we didn't have a television, so she went to stay with somebody else, but she left all her luggage with us. And that would have been the Thursday. Thursday night, so, yeah, Thursday night she went. She came to us on the Wednesday night. Thursday night she went to stay with somebody else. And all her luggage was left with us. So on the Saturday, I was preparing to go to the Scottish festival. They called the Burns Supper or Burns Night. It's the National Poet of Scotland, Robert Burns. And I was giving a, a, a talk there. 
And we wanted to put on, I had my national costume and my boys were really going to wear their kilt. Now, in this bedroom where, where they were, I had kept a bag with all the, the sporing and the socks and the, the belts and all the accessories that go with the kilt. And when I looked in this cupboard, it was like, what? She'd put a big green container that had Lego in it. She'd emptied that out. She'd put the... Uh, and, you know, my son, is his Lego is so special to him. And some Lego mustn't been mixed up because it's a certain spaceship or something. And she'd taken them out and put them in different places. And then she'd put other boxes in this. And and I thought, oh, my God, my son is really going to be so upset. And then I couldn't find this bag that had all these um, kilt things in it. Then I was looking on the wall. One of the sporans was on the wall. I took it down. And I thought, well, where's the bag that it should be in? And then I saw this bag. Oh, she, all her luggage was on the bed. And she had put her underwear into this bag that the kilt stuff should have been in. So I phoned her up and I said, why did you do this? Where are the kilt things? If you needed a bag for your underwear, you could have asked me. I could have given you a plastic bag. And I, think, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know anything. And I just, I just lost it. And, but calmly, calmly, I said, okay, so if this underwear in this bag does not belong to you, do you mind, do you have any objections if I just throw it out on the street? No, it's not It's not mine. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know anything. So I never went down the stairs and got this laundry and threw it out in the garden, in the puddles. The snow had melted by this time away, just puddles. And then I went down the stairs to get her other luggage to throw it out. But something in me thought, wait a minute, if she's crazy enough to deny that this is her underwear, what else is she crazy enough to do? So I went through her luggage and it was full of our video cameras, phone watches, computer, um, tablet, many things. So she had been cleaning up. Yes, cleaning up, going through all her things. So I called the police. And that day I'd been doing this 30-day Better Your Life thing campaign with Dean Graziosi. And one of the things was, have the courage to do something today that you wouldn't normally do. And the police had said to me, if she gives you everything back, will you drop the charges? I said, no, this woman has to be stopped. And then the, the guy actually, said, when the police were gone, he said, this is not the first time she's stolen from people. She's stolen from people often. And this is, usually people when get this stuff back, then they drop the charges. I said, well, no, I'm not. And the police were actually happy about that. They said, yes, somebody has to have the courage to stop this. So, my darling ladies, please learn from my mistakes and have more discernment on who you help. And when people are mistreating you, don't take any more of it. And I want you to call me out on that. If I do that again, please write to me. There is more love in the world. There's more goodness in the world than evil. But if we don't stand up to evil, then it will overtake us. And at this time in our life, we don't want to put up with this rubbish. So this is my blah, blah for today. <laughs> don't let people take advantage of you. Do something. Look, you can't see it on the podcast, but I decided to grow my nails for Christmas. I've been biting them ever since I started my company. And I grew them nicely and I painted them. And they've got golden glitter on my nails. And they're not too long and they're just nice. I can go, you know, you can feel it. <laughs> so that's me. We have to do small things to cheer ourselves up. Why not paint our nails? And don't let people take advantage of us. We're going through enough strife in our life without taking on other people's strife. So I love you. And I'll, next week we're going to have a lady talking about meditation. This is what I need. A little bit of meditation to calm me down when I'm super stressed and tell myself to love myself love myself as much as I love other people you can do it you are all loved I loved you all very much oh and before I go there's one thing that I would like to ask you to do please review the podcast on 
iTunes or Stitcher Radio or whatever podcast site that you're listening to this on. It will really help increase the publicity for it and helping more women. And it will also make me feel somebody's listening to me, somebody appreciates me. Because folks, I don't get paid for this. This is just something I do to help other people. Because when I was starting to go through perimenopause, it was a nightmare, an absolute nightmare. And I just felt like I was the only one going through this and nobody understood what I was going through. It was a very scary time. And I don't want you to be scared. I want you to know that you're not alone. So please write a review. You can even write to me, pauline at menopausemorph.com. And together we can make a better world. Together we'll get through this menopause thing and help other women as well. See you next week. Thanks for listening to Menopause Morph, your time to change. If you've enjoyed the program, be sure to subscribe to the next one and please leave a rating and review on iTunes to help us spread the message about thriving through the menopause. To get a free ebook, more menopausal resources, and to connect with Pauline, please visit www.menopausemorph.com dot menopausemorph.com